1: You want to know whether or not this is a spirit-filled church? Do you want to know if my preaching is spirit-filled? Do you want to know if the music is spirit-filled? Do you want to know if your gift is operating according to the Spirit of God? You have to answer this question. Does it give preeminence to Jesus Christ? Because if it's not giving preeminence to Jesus Christ, then you're operating under the wrong influence. And let's clap for that, okay? Let's clap saying agreement on that.
0: Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. Take your Bibles and turn to 1
1: Corinthians 12. We want to look at chapter 12 and chapter 14. And the subject of these two chapters is unwrapping your spiritual gift. Uh, Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. The description of the gifts, what I call the description of the gifts. And verse 1 says, Now about. Spiritual, say the word spiritual, spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. I want you to write this down, number one there. They are spiritual gifts. The average Christian in the average church is ignorant about these gifts. And the reason is because we don't really take the time to study through this and to read it and to really dig deep into it. I'm going to let you know right now uh, before I go any further that when I'm finished preaching, I'm only going to scratch the surface. And when you leave here, I promise you, you're going to have more questions than answers. And so after church, don't come up and say, Pastor, can I ask you a question about something you said? Because the answer is no. <laughs> I want you, if something happens, you hear something and it piques your interest, you go, know, what does that mean? I want you, as the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, study to show yourself approved. This week, read all of chapter 12, read all of chapter 14, and study what these verses, what he's saying in these texts. Amen, 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 amen. Now, when you got saved, God gave you a gift. Every single person who's saved gets the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not a material gift. It's not a natural gift it is a spiritual gift we might call it a supernatural gift verse 4 it talks and write this down there's a word in the greek when it talks about gifts it's where we get the word charismatic it's the word charis and charis in the greek means grace god just graced you with this gift and so when you look at these gifts we go through that through the list of these gifts just know that, that God graced you by giving you these supernatural gifts. Number two in your outline, and this is, this, this, this is difficult to go through this, but it's the distortion of the gifts. And what you're going to see, if you read objectively, most of chapter 12 and most of chapter 14 talking about the gifts, he is correcting them because they have distorted the gifts. They have abused the gifts. They have misused the gifts. They have perverted the gifts. They have pitted the gifts one against the other. Some have ignored the gifts altogether. And, of course, the devil can counterfeit the gifts. And so what was happening in their worship service, and you're in a segment as we go through Corinthians, this segment of text is dealing with the worship service itself there were people just standing up randomly operating in some supernatural gift and what happened is you had people arguing about whose gift was most important my gift is better than yours i'm better at my gift than yours and and you had all this chaos going on in the worship service And really, all of chapter 12, if you look at the big picture in chapter 14, is Paul just saying, hey, you people need to settle down a little bit. You're not, you think you're operating in the spirit, you're operating in the flesh. Go to chapter 14, real quick, chapter 14, verse 32. And he says in verse 32, the spirit of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets you know what that means you just can't stand it until the Holy Spirit took over I had no control no the Spirit what the Spirit is doing is still under control of the prophet look at verse 33 for God is not a God of disorder he doesn't want the worship service to be disorder and go all the way to verse 40 go to verse 40 everything say the word everything everything should be done in a fitting and an orderly way now of all the distractions and all of the distortions of their spiritual gifts being used in a disorderly fashion it really was a symptom of a greater problem in that they were putting the holy spirit as greater than jesus himself They were focusing on the supernatural as opposed to focusing on Jesus. And according to John chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, the Holy Spirit's job is to magnify Jesus Christ. So any perceived movement of God that distracts people from learning about Jesus is a distortion of what the gifts are for. I want you to look at this one verse, and I want to say this. Everything that happens in this church needs to be done against the backdrop of Colossians 1.18 that says, He, Christ, say Christ, Christ is the head of the body. He is the head of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. You want to know whether or not this is a Spirit-filled church? Do you want to know if my preaching is spirit-filled? Do you want to know if the music is spirit-filled? Do you want to know if your gift is operating according to the Spirit of God? You have to answer this question. Does it give preeminence to Jesus Christ? Because if it's not giving preeminence to Jesus Christ, then you're operating under the wrong influence. And let's clap for that, okay? Let's clap saying agreement of that. Number three, number three, the diversity of the gifts. Now, I'm going to look at all these gifts. And in verse 4, 5, and 6, you have this word different. You see it once in verse 4, once in verse 5, and once in verse 6. You have different kinds of gifts, different kinds of service, different kinds of workings. God works through many different gifts. First, in verse 8, is the gift of wisdom. To one, there's given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Wisdom. This is not just being smart, it's not just having common sense, it's uncommon sense. It's wisdom that comes from God. These are people usually in any situation, these are folks who know exactly uh, what God's will is. These people know the will of God. These people usually don't talk much. If you see someone talking a lot, they usually don't have the gift of wisdom. The person who uh, has the gift of wisdom usually listens a lot. And they pray a lot. And uh, they're in a room and they don't talk and everyone's talking about some subject and all of a sudden you'll say, hey, what do you think? And oh, when they start to talk, you better put your seatbelt on because you're going to hear things that you've never heard before. Things that that only God would say. Uh, The next one is the gift of knowledge. It's it's like the gift of wisdom, but this, this in the Greek, it actually says a word, a word of knowledge. The gift of knowledge is God-given intuition. It's God-given insight. The person who has the gift of wisdom is the one who says this, yes, this is of God. We need to do this. The person with the, the word of knowledge is the one that says, all right, here's how we're going to get this done. Then we come to number three, the gift of faith. This is not saving faith. This is great. This is a, uh, you know, if you're saved, you've exercised faith. But the gift of faith is another level of faith. It's Noah building the boat. It's Abraham being willing to sacrifice his one and only son. It's the 12 disciples willing to leave their jobs to follow Jesus. It's Paul and Silas singing at midnight in a jail. These are people who are willing to trust in God no matter what the circumstances are it's the gift of faith. And then we have the gift of healings. God has many ways to heal. This is in verse nine. He can heal by miracles and he can heal by medicine. He can heal instantaneous or he can heal over time. He can heal by doctors or he can heal without doctors. He can heal by answering your prayer. God is the physician of all physicians. Now this gift is a supernatural gift. If you have this gift, it means you have the ability to walk into a, a, a village and to heal everyone in the entire village. Jesus had that gift. Paul had that ability in Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. Now, I don't know if I have personally ever met anyone who truly had this gift. I've met a lot of people who, when they pray, I see a lot of prayers being answered, But I don't know if I personally have ever met anyone who had the gift of healing as I see it in the scriptures I know a lot of people who've claimed to have that gift And I know a lot of people who exploit this gift I've always said the hottest place in hell Is reserved for anyone who abuses a child But the second hottest place is reserved For anyone who commercializes and merchandises off of people's sicknesses and diseases. I don't have the gift of healing. But if I did have the gift of healing, I know where I'd be. I'd go down to the children's hospital down in Los Angeles is where you would find me. I would not be on television trying to attract big crowds and trying to sell handkerchiefs. I wouldn't be doing that. now I have some handkerchiefs if you want to buy them (laughs) but I would wash them before you use them how many of you know what I'm talking about in verse 10 you have miraculous powers it's the gift of miracles and everything that you say about the gift of healing applies to the gift of miracles it's the ability to perform miracles Jesus had that gift Paul had that gift Peter and John had that gift all the apostles had that gift the question that many people have on all of these gifts are do these gifts exist today? Do these gifts exist today? Some people say yes. Some people say no. Some people say, well, some of them are today and some of them are not today. The miracle of of miraculous powers or that gift is the power uh, that someone has over nature. Jesus walked on water. Now, I got to tell you, I've heard a lot of jokes about people walking on water but I've never actually seen anybody walk on water. But Jesus had power over nature. He also turned water into wine. It also included the ability to strike people dead when they lied about their giving. You have the gift of prophecy in verse 10 and then you have the gift of discernment between discerning between uh, what's of God and what's not of God and then you have the gift of tongues and the gift of in the interpretation of those tongues. And again, anyone who says that they have these gifts, it's got to line up with what you see in the Word of God. First time we ever see tongues in the Bible is in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when you had a bunch of ignorant fishermen uh, there the Holy Spirit fell, and you had the Bible says Jews from every nation under the, the sun— And it says it three times, not once, not twice, but three times if you read Acts 2. Just read it. Just read it. Just read the Bible. You don't need a preacher. You don't need to go to Bible college. Just read it. It says three times the people that had gathered said, we're amazed that we hear these fishermen speaking in our own native tongue. So anytime anyone tells me they have the gift of tongues, I said, perfect. Uh, Let's get someone from China. Let's get someone from Japan. Let's get someone from South Korea. Let's get someone from the Philippines. Let's get someone from Russia. And let's get someone from Germany. You've never studied those languages, right? No, never have. All right, you speak. And if you have that gift, according to Acts 2, you have to line everything up with the Word of God. As you speak, each of them would be able to understand in their own native tongue. That's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. I want to tell you this quickly before I move on. And the first five verses... Of chapter 14, this is very important. And all the gifts that are listed, you people argue, well, this gift's more important than this gift. This gift is more important than this one. Yeah, but I got this gift. And look at me. Yeah, but I got this gift. He says, if you're going to seek a gift, the gift that's higher than all the other gifts is prophecy the ability to speak the word of God. To speak the word of God. You want to desire something? Speak the Word of God. Why would that be, why would he say that's the highest gift? Because everything is done so that people might hear about Jesus and be saved. Amen? And he says over there in that, that, uh, that the gift of prophecy is the greatest of all these gifts. Uh, when you look at the right side, you have the list in Romans chapter 12. What are those? You have serving, teaching, encouraging, uh, contributing the gift of leadership and the gift of mercy. A guy gave me an illustration that I'm going to give to you that sums up all of those with one illustration. Here's a guy, he g- comes up with a wedding cake and he, he stumbles and he starts to fall. And he's got the cake and there's a table and he tries to set it on the table and he just misses it and it hits the table and flips over and lands on the table. Okay? The guy that had the gift of serving was the guy bringing the cake. He was serving. The guy with the gift of teaching can explain to you how the cake fell. You weren't, walk, you weren't watching where you were walking and your foot hit that piece of board and then your momentum was carrying you past the table. And had you been a little slower you would have got it but you are going too fast. And then when you set it down there was too much weight on the outside and then it hit and it flipped over and that's why the cake is on the ground. He's got the gift of teaching. The guy that has the gift of encouragement is the person that goes, hey, 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 hey. It's okay. It's okay. Don't, any, don't anybody fret or fuss. It's okay. I've tripped many times myself. I, I actually dropped my wedding cake once and it was, it was okay. We got through the wedding. It was good. Don't anybody worry about that at all. The guy who has the gift of contributing, he says, don't anybody move. I'm going to go buy a cake. I'll be right back. It'll be bigger than the cake we had. I'll be right back. And the person who has the gift of leadership is the one that organizes everything. All right, Joe, you go get a broom, and, and Tommy, why don't you go get, a, uh, uh, go get a trash can and go get some newspapers, and uh, some paper, we'll pick this up, and uh, we'll, we'll, get the, we'll, we'll get all this cleaned up. And the person who has the gift of mercy says, hey, hey, it's okay, and gets down on their knees. I'll let you guys just relax, relax. Let me, let me pick this up. I almost knocked over right there. He uh, goes, uh, he goes, uh, let, me, let me pick all this up. Oh, no, I don't mind. I love, I love doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pick all this up. And so one illustration you see, and here's the point, that everybody has a gift in this church, all right? And it might be some, like some big spiritual thing or it might be just the gift of serving. But whatever gift you have, it came from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit put that gift inside of you. And if everybody works within that spiritual giftedness, Think about how much we could get done. I want you to know this, that when the day, the day you got saved, from that moment on, you should be growing and maturing. Yes or no? Yeah. You get saved, you start to mature, you grow as a Christian to the point where you start to serve. If you're not serving... If you're here, you go to this church and you don't serve, you're not involved in a ministry, you're either A, not saved. Oh, I can't believe you say I'm not saved. That's exactly what I said. I said A, you're either not saved or B, you're not maturing. You got saved, and every week you just come and you sit like a bump on a log, observing, looking around. God did not save you so you can come and sit and observe. He saved you so you can grow and mature in Christ, and then you get to that point where you know enough, you begin to serve others. I want to say it to you again. If you're not involved in ministry, you're either not saved or you're not maturing. Number four, write this down. What's God's purpose? What what was the design of Him putting something in me and putting something in you? Look at verse seven now to each one say each one that would be you you could just put your own little name in there now to betty now to susie now to Dell. now to bill now to joanne now to dudley now to what's your name say your name say your name (laughs) to each one the manifestation oh that's a big word the manifestation the manifestation of the spirit that means the spirit in you working manifesting itself operating in you the reason it was placed in you it was given to you that gift was given to you for the common good i want you to write this down god did not gift you for you he put that gift in you that you might serve the body of christ i close with this story A lady, she took a first aid class. How many have ever had a first aid class? Okay. I've never had one. So, ma'am, if you fall over right now, I will not be helping you. Um, But I'll say, hey, somebody help her. So, this lady, she takes a first aid course. She passes. And one day, a car comes up her street, driving fast, goes over the curb, hits a tree, guy falls out of the car through the windshield he's laying there blood everywhere and she runs out of her house she's looking at this guy all oh, the blood and everything she goes what am i supposed to do oh, oh 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 i took the first aid class i know exactly what to do if i put my head between my knees i won't faint and the guy bleeds to death whatever gift you have been given God wants you to use that gift to serve the body of Christ I'm going to give you a hint on the theme next year it has to do with something with every person in this church using their gift in ministry
0: If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says monthly devotional. There is a place on the monthly devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.